Good evening, everyone. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss here, and you are listening to Lag Radio, your weekly dose of video game appreciation, chiptune idolatry, do-it-yourself art endeavors, and so, so much more. We have an outstanding show lined up for you this evening. We're going to be playing through, well, talking through a game talking about our playthrough (laughs) there we go that's the correct wording we're gonna be talking about gone home it was uh originally developed by the fulbright company now known just as fulbright and uh, there was also a console edition later on ported via majesco entertainment we're gonna be going through the background and history of the game itself we're gonna be talking about the development of it and the team and all sorts of things before getting into the real meat and potatoes which is the story it's a very very story dense well, compared to some other games, I guess, like Super Metroid, very very story-dense. It's very light on the gameplay. So the gameplay section later on in the program, we'll get to it, but it's really about the, the tale that we'll be discussing. So we'll get to that shortly as well. And, of course, we're going to be talking about and listening to the soundtrack from the game made by Chris Remo, very, very good composer, very ambient, minimal songs that we're going to be listening to this evening. Really good part of the game. Yeah, The, the yeah. soundtrack was excellent. Yes, yeah. And there were also some licensed tracks, too. We're going to be listening to one of the licensed tracks from that. A lot different uh, sound. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, very, very different. So uh, let us get into the soundtrack before discussing everything. Oh, by the way, I've got a couple cool guests back again this week. Yep. You recognize our voices. I would hope, yeah. You got the uh, the host of the last week's Hall of Fame show. How does time work? Yeah, that was last week's Hall of Fame show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This last (laughs) Sunday's Hall Hall of Fame show, formerly of the Crescendo. Yeah. Hope it comes back at some point, but... We'll see. My name is Brandon, by the way. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And I'm Alex. Uh, I host Palette Swapped Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. and also co-host with uh, Chris on this show. Whoop, whoop. Mm -hmm. Marmar. Yeah, that's me. So, all right. Let's get into that soundtrack again. It's going to be by Chris Remo for the majority of what we're going to be listening to for the first probably hour or so. Uh, The first song we're going to listen to, it's kind of actually all going to be in chronological order. So the first one we're going to listen to is At the New House, First Day of School. And after that's going to be Hanging Out with Girls, Dealing with Roots. If you want to call in, 949-824-5824, 949-UCI-KUCI is the number to call. You can also find us on the web, KUCI.org is where we stream 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can go to my social media sites. First one, facebook.com slash lagliferadio. That is the main one, I would say, to get all of the info regarding the show. You can hit the like button and qualify for some of those giveaways that I like to do uh, every single week, actually. I have a giveaway every week. So this week we will be getting to that soon. Make sure that you call in. Is it a home that you're giving away? A home? I'm not giving an entire manor. No, I'm not. (laughs) I did not buy property in in Portland, actually, this this week. But there will be some other cool things later on down the line. So... Look forward to that official uh, Gone Home merchandise, actually, this time, instead of being uh, from Etsy or other places. And also, Instagram. Instagram is at DJ double underscore Marmar. You can find me there, at DJ double underscore Marmar. You'll see the side of my face as the profile picture and a heaping helping of CDs in the background and kind of a dimly lit room. That's if they know what you look like, though. I mean, look for the CDs. Side, yeah, look for the CDs and the side of someone's face. And the side <laughs> of someone's face. Yeah, that's the teller. All right. Without further ado, let's get into that music again. Thank you so much for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss here with Alex, Brandon, and we are Lag Radio discussing Gone Home. Enjoy. 
Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss here with Alex Brandon and Lag Radio discussing Who's Lag Radio? Gone Home. Who is Lag Radio? Yeah, where is he? Where we is are Lag? all Lag Radio. Brandon, Alex, <laughs> and Lag Radio. <laughs> <laughs> we just got done listening to the first three tracks off of the Gone Home original soundtrack for the evening. All of them, of course, done by Chris Remo. First song, At the New House, First Day of School. After that was hanging out with girls, dealing with roots, and then most recently was Default Friends, Ship Date. All right, before we just discuss this big old story and all the different elements with regards to that, we're going to talk about some of the background and history of the game. So first off, uh, I mentioned earlier that it is developed by the Fulbright Company. It was developed in about 2013 for release originally on uh, Windows Mac and Linux only. Later on, there was a port that was in development by Midnight City, which is a group uh, associated with Majesco Entertainment. They're known for doing the Blood Rain game and or games, I guess. Slender the Arrival, Costume Quest Two, which I think was pretty well received. I think. Well, okay. Yeah, I, heard, I heard about it. I heard it was pretty well received. I think I got it and I never played it yet. But <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting to play it. What was that? Is that is that Tim Schafer? I was gonna say yeah. yeah. I think it's I like believe Tim so. Schaefer, yeah. Sort of. Double yeah. fine. Double fine, yeah. Very cute. Mm-hmm. Very cute art style. And then also Advent Rising, which I remember that one came out a long time ago. It was supposed to be like the seven-part series. It was supposed mm. to be this big epic, like Orson, Orson Scott Card, like he's a famous sci-fi writer, and he wrote the the everything for the game and stuff. Wow. Yeah. And it just like... It was okay. a massive yeah. flop from yeah. what I remember, wow. yeah. So disappointing in that regard. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, Majesco Entertainment, known for some games. Um, so Midnight City was supposed to be developing the port, but there was a disastrous financial season in 2015 for them, and so the port was then canceled. But luckily, was later picked up in 2016. Um, again, Three years by, later, after after the game had been released. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there it is, and so it came out on the uh, PlayStation Four or PlayStation yes. Four, yes, Xbox and Xbox One. One. Uh, it came out as a console edition. It had better graphics and audio. Um, along with some better controller support as well. But uh, more importantly, it was ported from Unity 4 to 5, which is pretty I didn't know about that until you told me. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Unity is pretty neat, actually. A little bit of a side note for that. It's a pretty well-known game engine. It's been used for quite a while. More recent games that have been developed on it have been Cuphead, Ukulele, and uh, Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy, which is what a... Have you heard... You've seen that game? I've never even heard of that. What is is that? Is that made by the Quap guy? Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Give you okay. An example. Of yeah. Yeah. It I hadn't played it. I hadn't played it, but it looks very intriguing to it's me. It's brilliant. Watch a playthrough or something. Okay. Like, <laughs> it is so. Oh, it's so good. Um. Yeah. So that. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize it was Unity. I guess I'm really bad at game engines because I I was thinking like, oh, this looks like or this seems like Source, but it sure, wasn't. Sure. Sure. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I would agree. Yeah. I, I wasn't aware that this would be this. All of these would be Unity games or Hollow Knight, and then the uh, recent Life is Strange prequel, which is called Before the Storm. Yeah. All of those were developed on Unity, which is pretty cool. And I mean, you can get a personal copy of it. You can get a commercial use copy, obviously. Um, Unity is pretty big and such that it even has its own like mascot anthropomorphized version called Unity Chan. I, God, that's <laughs> such a good name. Didn't know that, but that makes sense. Even FL Studio does. So. Oh really? Yeah. Is it? It like is FL Studio backing? Yes, it's an official. Oh, that's good. An official mascot. That's like, cool. That's her, cool. Her press photos and stuff are on the Image Lines website. <laughs> oh, See, I wouldn't boy. be surprised about like a fan sort of yeah. version. But I think it's. I think version. it's. Yeah, it was official. 
Yeah, so you can get Unity-chan, like, (laughs) merchandise, and you can get her voice, like, in Vocaloid software. Oh, man. She was in a recent game called Runbow that combined, like, a whole bunch of different um, Was that made in? Indie games. I'm assuming that was made in Unity. I would assume so. Otherwise, it'd be kind of weird they would do it in a different engine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd be offended if I was Unity. I'd be like, how dare you? <laughs> I love Unity so much, but I didn't want to use it for this game. <laughs> but anyway, so back to the game. So Gone Home was developed by actually only a four-person team with some artists. Like, if you look at the credits and stuff at the end of the game, there's some artists that are, that are later, like, credited. But um, the whole game was made by four people only. And, uh, yeah, orig- originally they were known as just the Fulbright Company. Later on, they rebranded to simply Fulbright. The uh, three founding members of the company, though, originally met while they were working on the Bioshock 2 DLC, which is uh, Minerva's Den. Pretty very well received, actually, DLC. A lot of people were big into that one and how it expanded on the story of Bioshock 2, I believe. Uh, But the team found that some of the big budget releases like Bioshock or another game that a couple of them worked on, the Bureau, XCOM Declassified, weren't really what they were looking to do wasn't really jiving with what they were looking to accomplish in, with their career. So they, together, interestingly, I don't know, it just seems so, like, flippant. Like, oh, yeah, let's just go get a house in Portland and make games together. But that's exactly what they did. They went and got a house together. That was the, the only logical house. conclusion. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so um, all three of the four, the only one uh, who wasn't originally part of it was Kate Craig, who later on uh, joined on as a uh, worker from, like, from not well, I guess from home, but from abroad. She lived in Vancouver, and she remotely was kind of like worked. A, remotely. That's it. Thank you, remote worker. Yes. Yeah. So she remotely connected with the team uh, from Vancouver as an artist. So yeah, three of the four lived together for the entirety of developing this game. Uh, the experience was cited by one of the the main dudes, Steve Gaynor, who kind of is the one that drew them all together in the first place and said, "Hey, let's do this thing." Uh, he he likened it to being in a band where everyone is really a chill punk with each band, other, or perhaps a riot girl band, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> these are these are genres of music later on from the game. By the way, we're not just randomly you play the game. You get it. It's an inside yeah. joke. <laughs> well, I hope you'd play the game. That's kind of the point of this, right? We're doing this uh, weekly book club, but for video games. So yeah, so hopefully you play the game and you get that reference. But anyways, so he said it was kind of like being in a band where everyone was really relaxed. Uh, they didn't really ever drive each other crazy and stuff. They just wanted this artistic freedom and they didn't want people just kind of breathing down their necks with like financial responsibilities saying you can't do this because money and that sort of thing. So kind of like how I was talking about last week with Naughty Dog and how they're just given free reign from Sony and they just kind of are able to focus on the game. And with this one, was it published? Like were they having some like a deadline and stuff like that? Or was it just an was it foremost developed as an indie title and then they just shipped it off to publishers? It was developed as an indie. Because I think mm-hmm. that's that's really impressive for Naughty Dog because they had like you know probably had a deadline and all that stuff, but had free reign to do what they wanted to. So true, that's true. Um, yeah, so it was it was really good because they could also not have to worry about their job description in a way. Like they would be able to, if they want, like they were specifically an artist or the programmer or whatever. But if they wanted to dip their toes into someone else's work pool, then they could do that. And there would be no like stepping on toes or anything. It'd just be like, oh yeah, yeah of course, yeah, a lot come of freedom, on. It sounds like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a pretty nice experience. It sounds to be. One of the members uh, later on, Johan Yonmin Yonmin Nord Nordhagen. Yes, that's I'm pretty sure his better brother. than I could say it. <laughs> <laughs> he did eventually leave the Fulbright company to found his own studio called Dimbul Games. Dimbulb Games. Get but, it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Fulbright Dimbulb. 
I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my! As soon as I saw Dim Bulb, I'm like, yeah. oh, I get it. Oh my goodness, that's, yeah, that's brilliant. pretty good. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, thank you. I would never. <laughs> I don't know. He had to light his own bulb. <laughs> uh, so he went and and founded Dim Bulb Games, but the team themselves behind Fulbright persevered, and they later did craft uh, another critically acclaimed title in 2017, known as Tacoma. So perhaps we'll figure out figure out that one in a future show. But for now, though. We've got Gone Home. So let's listen to some more songs from the release. We're going to listen to Stick With The Group and then The House Part 1. And then we will come on in and discuss this We'll come story. on into the home, the mansion. Come on in, yeah. In Boone County. Is it Boone Bo- County? It's Boone County, yeah. Boone County, Oregon. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we will be here to discuss the story. So if you want to call in, 949-824-5824, 949-UCI-KUCI, and also visit us on the web. Of course, facebook.com slash lag life radio, as well as the Instagram at DJ double underscore Marmar. Go either of those places. We will have a giveaway later on for some sweet, sweet gone home merch. So make sure you stick around for that as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Again, this is Marmar, the Midboss, here with Alex, Brandon, and we are lag radio. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss here with Alex Brandon, and we are Lag Radio discussing Gone Home by the Fulbright Company. We just got done listening to a few beautiful tracks off of the soundtrack. First one was Stick With The Group, and that most recent one, the longer one, was The House Part 1, and that was the original version of it. There are many parts to this house. Yes, there are. There are quite a few, and we're going to listen to at least two of them. Uh, but yes, those were both by Chris Remo, composer of the original soundtrack. We're going to get into the story, though, now. So let's delve into it. First off, a little bit of the setup. So the year is 1995. We are the June main character. June 6, yes. June 6, 1995. Good memory. Yes. Actually, that's a, that's a big part that's of it, too. We've, yeah. got, we've got important dates here. So yes, June 6, 1995. And uh, Katie Greenbriars, who we play as, she returns home from a trip to Europe only to find that the massive manor that she and her family live in, somewhere deep in the woods near Portland, I guess, in Boone County, Boone County, Oregon, uh, their manor, their house, is completely empty. And there's just no sign of them. There's bunches of different little things inside that we will play around with later on. But uh, for now, though, Katie's just like, what? Where's everybody? So first playable moment shows you in front of just this locked door to the house and there's a note on the door and it says simply katie i'm sorry i can't be there to see you but it is impossible please please don't go digging around trying to find out where i am i don't want mom and dad and then that was scratched out and instead above it was written anyone to know we'll see each other again someday don't be worried i love you kind of sets the pace or i don't know i think that's like the initial part that would instill someone to think like oh this is like a mystery a horror mystery or something yeah, like that that's definitely what i felt too right and it's important you to don't know, want anyone yeah. to know what happened oh yeah and at this that's point the, there's the like the first a... thing you know like you get a you get a, the voice recording of katie saying hey i'm on my way home or whatever you mm. get to a house and then that's the first note you see and it's dark and rainy so, dark and rainy yes that's what i was gonna yeah. say yeah there's a yeah, thunderstorm thunder, going on. yeah yeah it's very moody and atmospheric it's very dark and it's in the middle of the night so yeah it's kind of this horror sort of aspect at this point i was definitely thinking like 
oh, this is going to be an interesting game for my nerves. All right, let's <laughs> yeah, see how this Yeah, I, I don't do well with horror games, like, at all. So I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Is there any that you've played through, like, to the fullest? I've watched playthroughs of, like, uh, Resident Evil games and stuff like that, but I, like, if I have a Resident Evil game and I'm playing it, that game's not getting finished. That's just, it's just <laughs> sure, not sure. happening. Yeah. Are we talking, like, newer Resident Evil, though, or, like, older ones? Because I think the newer ones, they give you so much power in some of the guns and such that... Sure. I think scary. the most recent one I watched was the newest one, uh, okay. Biohazard. Oh, that's yeah. different. That yeah. one is, like, That one, it, like, horror. reverted back to the original style, right? That's yeah. po- pretty spooky scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Spooky scary, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so we then uh, are obviously tasked to find out what the heck happened to our family, what happened to Sam, and what happened to our parents. Uh, whoever Sam is at this point, we're not even sure. I guess who Sam is. So yeah, mm-hmm. the way that the game has goes throughout the whole game, which is very interesting, is that you learn like you're pretty much only given that voicemail, and it's like, okay, this is who I am. I'm someone. I'm a family. I'm coming home from a trip from Europe. That's it. Everything else you learn as you go. There's no dialogue. I mean, not dialogue, but there's no like like intro cut scene or yeah, anything. Exactly. Yeah, it's all just learnt on your own. Like the entire story. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's one of the things that I that I was really happy with. It doesn't. One of the things I was thinking about was like the opening to Metal Gear Solid Two. There's this there's this cutscene, and then there's just this long winded explanation from like Otakon talking to Solid Snake about like what organizations they're part of, and there was just this really crappy dialogue in there. Right. And it's just wow, this is like 15 minutes of me learning all this stuff in exposition that could have been avoided and done more succinctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So I was glad to have kind of very little exposition with this one. Um, but yeah, so you're supposed to be scouring this house for clues. So the first thing you do is you pick up this, uh, well, I mean, you're playing around with all sorts of stuff, right? But the mm-hmm. way you get in the house is underneath like this random Christmas duck, I think, or goose. That's what they refer to it as, Christmas duck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it was like just super like super specific, yeah, which is weird. Well, uh, I don't know. I like, there's little flavor text in the game. A lot of flavor text in the there game. certainly It's is, not yeah. just like pick up a cup or whatever. It's It's... It kind of goes into that fact that like you are a member of their family. It's like mm. the Christmas duck. Yeah, oh, like you okay. have your own little names for everything. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, so you pick it up, and underneath it is the key to the house, and you're you're able to use that to get in. And immediately you're greeted by this just big old foyer, right? It's just like this entryway. And Giant stair, wide stairs. Very and... wide stairs. To the left of you is hallways and doors and things, and to the right of you is another doorway and another closet, and or what we assume to be possibly a closet or an entry to a room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very imposing uh, and a lot of uh, dark darkness in there too. So, um, yeah, so you start running through the place. I mean, it's totally up to you how you go through this game. So I'm curious how you guys uh, approached it the first uh i mean how else how else would you I well mean, i mean I would you go to the left would you go to the right did I you just go start looking in drawer i turned on lights looked in drawers just read all the stuff you kind of learn like piece by piece that uh, obviously you haven't lived in this home you are coming back to a new home um your parents and everyone had moved while you were gone uh you learn why or or like i don't know everything's kind of connected you can kind of learn all this stuff mm-hmm. if you want to um, just like whose house it is, what the relation is, and it's really, but it's not done like a, a letter and a letter and a letter. It's like receipts and um, invoices and like stuff that looks like it's actual like ma- like material that you're like going through like a historical. I don't know. It's it's done in a way and all handwritten and stuff like that too. Yeah, it's like a scrapbook yeah. more than just like a novel, I guess. But yeah, like when I walked into the house, I think there was the bathroom right there and the closet like right by the entryway 
Um, and then I went through, and instead of going up the stairs, I went to the left in mm-hmm. that hallway. And I, and it's one of those things where I was like, okay, I know there's three different ways I can go upstairs to the left or to the right. And I happened to pick left first. And I think that's exactly where they wanted me to start type of a thing. Like, cause mm. once I started there, everything in the game kind of just fell into place. So Agreed. I was like, I feel like if I went upstairs first, there might've been some like, uh, like in media res stuff where I'm like starting in the middle and then I'm working my way back. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just happened to go left and I was pretty much beginning, middle, end through the story. So Same. Yeah, yeah that's how it worked, just worked out for me out. too. Yeah. Maybe, mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons why maybe is that when you enter the house and to the left before you even like go down that hallway, you're still able to see the family photo. And I think that, that maybe true. draws your attention yeah. and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's interesting. I can see who I am and who the yeah. rest of the family members Now, are. recall that that lamp is on, right? Like yes. on that, uh, whatever that is, like a drawer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that draws my eye to it too. But Right, definitely. So yeah, so again, it's totally up to the player how they choose how to how mm-hmm. to do this, but we probably there was a, a certain way that might have been the, the preferential route uh, based on what the developers wanted for you to do. Um, with regards to how... F- how you go through the game though there is actually a crazy world record for speedy running the game although it's not really crazy when it comes down to it even when you try and do it yourself you're, you can get pretty close uh, yeah. it only takes 47 seconds to actually finish the game <laughs> and that doesn't even it's make actually an achievement i think you have to be under a minute or something. under a minute yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> i true. did it and i i even had a timer because i was doing laundry at the time so i was <laughs> like I, once there's a minute left in the timer i'm gonna start the game and i did it and I literally hit the last like uh, like journal thing or whatever as the timer went off, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh. I think I did it. I did not do it." Oh, oh, no. So I did it a second time, and I, it was like super easy. But I think I got like fifty six seconds. Like it, it is really really quick to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, very cool. Um, so yeah, so if you got to play the game or if you haven't played it yet, give it a try in a speed run because I think you'd be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't do that. I should do that. And I also heard the, or you were talking about the commentary mm-hmm. uh, run, and that's something that would be interesting to do as well. I should have done that, obviously, for this episode, but. Yeah, I, I'm realizing that in retrospect <laughs> as well. I probably yeah. should have as well. Uh, and because it's such a short game, I think it's pretty easy to do that. But yeah, so the meaning and the beauty of the game really comes from having, I think, the full experience, which I would I would say is playing this game not in bright daylight necessarily. Yes. Playing it by yourself. Yeah, rather I played than it last friends. night, so I think that was. I think you're right about that. Definitely yeah, yeah. Played it at night. Mm-hmm. I think it improves it. I finished the game in two sittings just because I think I was I, I was lazy the first time or something. <laughs> um, but the second sitting was like from midnight until two a.m. or two thirty a.m. Just dead of night by myself, sort of thing. And that was like what really I think nailed it home for me mm-hmm. made it a little more enjoyable so yeah the mood and atmosphere is definitely more deep more mysterious and to me at least definitely sometimes there was some spine tingling moments mm-hmm. sometimes you'd find some of these tvs like turned on but they were staticky or there was some sort of emergency broadcast going on yeah and it's like little little tiny hints like that of like kind of adding some spookiness to it yeah or making you think like oh shoot something's gonna happen or i don't know it's just yeah that i think that the game did it really well that of like walking through a dark house that you've never been in with no one there, like in a realistic sense and not in a way that's, you know, a horror, like, Oh, ghosts are coming out. It's just like you get, you get scared just from the dark Mm -hmm. and, and there's things that are kind of scary and make noises and like, it's an old mansion. So it just like makes creaks and stuff naturally. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of realistic creepiness was done very well. I think. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Um, 
when I when I was thinking about how these TVs were set to like static and stuff, that's such a horror trope. I feel like it's very yeah. easy to make that feel scary. But to me, it was not just that they're on. I was thinking, my brain went, okay, well, why are they on? That probably means that someone was also. here recently. Then they, where did they go? How did they disappear so abruptly? Like one of the things that? regarding that that I couldn't figure out is why I think every single TV. Um, had the VCR taken out and you can see the cords. And I don't know if that just had to do with the parts of the story where, you, where you're finding out that your dad is like reviewing like a VCR, but it's every single one of the TVs like has them yeah. pulled out. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if that had to do with the story of the, what's to come or... Play with the commentary. That's true. That's <laughs> I don't true. know. Maybe. Yeah. That's a good point though. I'm sure it has something to do with the fact that he, he, he was playing around with electronics and reviewing them and such. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, shortly. So, yeah, overall, I was very, very happy to, to, to get this horror atmosphere going because it, it, it gave this one impression of the game that eventually turned out to be much different than what the actual story of the game was about. Uh, a lot less dark. Although, again, we'll get into it shortly, but I think that there is some really some really dark elements to the story as well when you mm-hmm. start talking about... Uh, uh, In your, a different sense. Well, yeah. We'll talk about a theory, I suppose, about yeah. about the dad. But, um, yeah, I really like just the atmosphere, seeing all these undisturbed rooms sometimes, but there's no lights on whatsoever, so you're kind of just, like, scrambling to, all right, where's the light switch? I'm scared. Like, yeah. At least I yeah. was. Yeah. I was like, For oh, crap, sure. I need to turn this <laughs> stuff on right now. The way that the lighting is done is, is very effective in that sense, I think. Now, have either of you played um, Amnesia? No, I have I it, but not. I want to play it. It's... It's very a good intense. time. It's a good time. <laughs> oh boy. I, I know I got to play that night specifically too. Having horror games where you don't have any weapons seems so unfair That's in awful. some ways. It's just, oh, it's the worst. You have no way to defend yourself besides running. Yeah. And hiding in closets. I mean, I guess it's kind of realistic in a way because that's how we like. I don't because yeah, we're not always strapped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it kind of gives that impression of amnesia to me in some ways. Um, hearing like the creaky floorboards and mm-hmm. and the thunderstorms and, and such it just yeah it was really good atmosphere so i want just real quick i do want to say that like when you're starting a new game there's the little option that says modifiers and commentary or whatever so i went to that just to make sure before i started the first run through like is there anything i want to turn on or not and one of the options was have all lights on for those that are afraid of the dark and i was like I mean, I'm kind of afraid of the dark. Maybe I should. Maybe I should <laughs> I hit that. that yeah, but then I was like, no, I'll do it the way they intended. And the first room where it's his, uh, the, your, I believe it's your dad's office. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a second room in the back. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like in the hallway. I'm like, okay, it's light. There's you know nothing back there. And then I go into his office. Okay, there's some light here. And then I see like a dark room in the back. And I was like, nope, <laughs> not, not happening. <laughs> For real. Uh, yeah. So like from the very beginning, I was like on edge the whole time. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. That means that they did a good job with yeah. this. Uh, with that, yeah. Again, yes, yeah, making our expectations one thing, and then later on revealing that there was there was more to what they were looking to intend. So yeah. All right, so before we get into the story of the characters, I want to kind of break it down by each character. I want to go through their story um, individually. So we're going to talk about um, Katie, and you later learn Sam is Katie's sister. Um, So their mom, I want to go through Janice's story. But before that, though, let's listen to some more music, set that tone, keep that uh, kind of moodiness going on. So let's listen to The House Part 2 and then uh, Dedication, and then we will get into that 
great, great story with regards to Janice Greenbrier. If you want to call in, 949-824-5824 is the number. 949-UCI-KUCI is that number. You can also visit us on facebook.com slash lagliferadio. And also Instagram is at DJ double underscore Marmar. Don't forget later on in the program, we're going to have a giveaway for official Gone Home merch. You can choose between a sweet print of the Gone Home title page, which is that uh, nicely written Gone Home word in all lowercase letters. And it's set against a backdrop of the giant, giant manor, nice and spooky blackness for the most part with some purples in there too. It's pretty cool looking. And you can also, if you choose instead, get a set of six buttons inspired by the game, or finally a really sweet they, coffee like mug. Like the buttons that were in the game? Uh, yes, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, well, no. Oh, there's, okay. They're not. They are, one of them says Girl Scout on it, so I think it might be. That, and there's another that one that's got, no, I won't, yeah, it's not that one. But <laughs> there's one that has the, um, the skull. Do you remember that? The, the green skull? skull? Oh. Yeah, the Day of the Dead skull. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's one with a Christmas duck on it. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, yes, you could potentially win if you want a That's Gone cool. Home button set. Or if you would prefer instead, there's a few different sweet mugs that you can win. So there's uh, one that says Gone Home on it in the font of the game. There's one that has an S plus L locket thing, which we'll get into soon. And then also there's a uh, Takaima county foresty forestry service mug so yeah this is the company that janice works for uh she's a forester so yep. did, we, did we explain who janice is yet we're about to oh, well, okay. i said i did mention that that was the mom the okay mom, janice yeah. greenbrier but yes right. so yes you could win uh one of those sweet mugs if you want just call in when i tell you to 949-824-5824 949-UCI-KUCI and i'll also try and do uh yeah, a giveaway possibly online if uh, no one is able to call in. So we will see. Again, thank you so, so much for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss, joined by Alex and Brandon. We are Lag Radio. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss here with Alex, Brandon, and we are Lag Radio. We are talking about Gone Home this evening. We just got done listening to a couple of wonderful tracks off the soundtrack. Most recently was Dedication, and then before that was The House Part 2, the original version. All right, so we are discussing the story now. We're going to be going through it bit by bit based on the characters. So first, we want to talk about... What? (laughs) Oh, 8 bits. Ah, hey, there (laughs) it is. (laughs) Okay. big nerd (laughs) alright we're going to talk about the mother of Katie the playable character Katie and uh, Sam who is Katie's sister we're going to be talking about Jan Janice Greenbrier so first off she is married to obviously your dad Terry Uh, his name is Terrence Greenbrier and uh, I would say arguably she's kind of in the best spot when it comes to some of the stuff going on in her life at least in comparison to uh, your dad and your sister so Mm -hmm. she's she's pretty big deal in the Oregon State Forestry Service. She's good at what she does. People recognize her for it. She's been promoted, I think, recently mm-hmm. when you're reading through some of the letters and things from some of her higher ups. So uh, she's kind of in charge of her of her division. And uh, at one point, she's told from her higher ups that they're going to loan her a person for training, Ranger Rick. Ranger Rolls Rick. right off the tongue. I know, yeah. So we kind of learn all of this. I mean, again, we about the way that the game works is you're just going through this house and you're looking for little tidbits and scraps and things to to piece together the story so none of this is kind of like 
really, really hard and firm of the way that I'm saying it. It's more like these are letters from Janice's college friend who, uh, her name is Carol. She's one who writes back and forth with Janice as like a pen pal and they're discussing what's going on in their lives. And so Former roommate. Did you already say that? or No, no. Yeah. yeah former roommate. That's true. From college. Right. So. Yeah. College friend for sure. So uh, the two of them are kind of going back and forth discussing about their lives and what they've been up to. And the topic of Ranger Rick is brought up to Carol, as we see in one of her letters to Janice. And she mentions about how Rick is seems to be, uh, comes across as a very attractive man and that she would want more details on the hunk. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Steamy. <laughs> so we do learn later on that at some point that Rick and Janice happen to become uh, closer, at least in the sense that Rick starts loaning out Jan some uh, poems, like a book of poems from very well-known American poet. Walt Notoriously Whitman. the least romantic thing you can ever do. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, don't I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah, sure that's like totally like... he's interested. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt about that. Hearts in like hearts in the eyes. And all yeah. That. <laughs> Take my poetry. <laughs> uh, yeah. And even invites Jan to a concert to see the smash band earth, wind and fire. Ooh. Dang, yeah, that's a all three elements. Wow, they were all there. <laughs> Wait a second, all th- <laughs> mm. I think we're missing something here. Uh, yes, we are. Anyways, so over the course of the game, we learned that uh, Janice's real struggle is trying to get closer to Rick, but also Janice is married, so she's struggling with her feelings about this. And I didn't really pick up on that, honestly. Mm. And it, again, I don't know why. I just. Mm. I know I remember reading the the note about the hunk thing, um, but it just didn't really strike me as an affair kind of situation. It was just like, like just a, a new friendship. I guess I I don't know. I didn't take it. The poem mm. thing probably I completely yeah. didn't even think about. But yeah. hmm. the concert and all that stuff is just like I don't know. It's it, it seemed innocent enough because he was just like, hey, I got these tickets, but I this person can't should go up with me. Do you want to go? And so I don't know. And then and then I was confused by on the calendar near the end. It was just like um, I won't say anything else that was on the calendar, but it was like like it said Rick's wedding. And then it said like uh, send regards and stuff. So right. If it was Rick's wedding, he wasn't he get was he getting married to someone or like I didn't understand that part of it. But sure. Sure. I think that that's kind of the the climax slash conclusion right. of the tale of Janice. Um, so from what we learn, she or at least, like I said, I think that she was kind of struggling with her feelings for Rick, but it is kind of confirmed that they do spend some time together, at least over the mm. in secret in, in some way, shape, or form over the, the year. Uh, it's never said, like you mentioned the affair, it's never said outright that they did anything physical with regards to... But, you, but there is some tension. There's books like, you know, rekindling your love and all this stuff. Like, they're having trouble. There's problems happening. So, I mean, maybe it is kind of put in a in an obvious way, and I just wasn't able to tell. To yeah, me, It was just like sure. a friendship kind of thing, but... There were definitely, yeah. Yeah. There were issues going on between Janice and her husband that, uh, yeah... She would write to Carol. She would write to Carol about, thank you, yes. And um, it makes sense, I think, that Rick would kind of be there to... I don't know mm-hmm. if he purposely was stepping in and being like, hey, I'm here. Do you want to be here with me? Yeah. Um, but it, it was happened. happening, yeah. yeah. So... Near the end of the game, we do discover that Rick had, at some point, decided to pursue a different woman, and uh, this all culminated in just like what Alex was saying. There was a marriage ceremony to which Janice and her husband is that what you took, took it to be that she, that he ended up finding someone and then getting married to this other. 
Yeah. I think that maybe he was seeing her at the same time as like hanging out with Janice. Maybe like both having affairs. Possibly. I don't know. Possibly. Yeah, I didn't. I I didn't fill in those blanks. It was just like the concert and stuff, and then you just see the thing on the calendar, and it was like, hmm. With the timeline, I think yeah, I think it was happening at the same time. So, I'll yeah. have to go. I'll have to go back and look at the dates and all that stuff. I didn't pay attention. I just looked at years and stuff, but I didn't uh, pay too much atten- attention to the dates. But it's probably very important to like the concerts and the concert. Yeah, I was gonna say probably on the mm-hmm. ticket, the the date would mm-hmm. help us a little bit with that. But yeah, that's that's kind of what I was getting at. Maybe. Maybe he was just keeping an open mind, thinking, "Oh, maybe it'll go well with this person. Maybe I'll be able to take mm-hmm. uh, this married woman." I don't know. Maybe that's just what he was thinking. I, we don't really get a whole lot with Rick's personality with regards to the to the tale, but uh, we do learn that he did eventually decide to get married, and he invited Jan and uh, Terry, Jan's husband, your dad. But uh, while at first it seems like Jan may have said yes, given that on the calendar it was noted as rick's wedding it was uh, eventually scratched out and instead uh janice and terry went on what was a camping trip that weekend which is also the weekend of your return yeah mm-hmm. and then you could find out with pamphlets and stuff in the gardening or the the uh, greenhouse that it was a couple's retreat yes. to kind of get things working again which all kind of culminates in this you learn it like all connects with the different parts of the story and this is why like no one's the place and right and yeah right yeah the book uh I don't know if it's hugely relevant, but the book that that you mentioned earlier that was kind of like rekindling your relationship and stuff, it also had this kind of Christian slant to it. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, I mean, there were numerous Bibles around the the manor as well. So, yeah, yeah, maybe at the same time, Janice was trying to keep in mind her spirituality and how you probably shouldn't have. I didn't pick that up on on the pamphlet, but I should read that again. I did pick up like all the other stuff around the house, but not that it was a, like a, specifically denominational the book at least the book that was in the bathroom the master bathroom yeah. that one definitely had a mention of yeah of that oh yeah yeah so yeah so in a sense jan's infidelity wasn't really completely without base i don't think we can totally blame her for feeling the way that she did there were definitely some some issues going on in her marriage so it made sense whether or not you agree with it something else but i think it made sense it was understandable so mm-hmm. That was Janice's story. But now, Uh-oh. I want to talk about Sam. Are we going to skip over Terrence completely? I want to talk about Terry last. Okay. Because I think that that was, to me at least, that was the most important of all of the themes. Okay. Talking about I Terry. think I would agree. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I, I wish they went more into it. I don't want to spoil too much, but mm-hmm. I guess we'll get into, we'll, we'll probably get into... Uh, opinions and stuff after a lot of this because i'll just save it that way sure sounds good okay so let's talk at least a little bit about sam i don't want to go over the whole thing uh we're going to take a short short break but uh all right so sam so sam is your sister in the game right you play as katie and uh sam is your sister and she by by three years i think yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i think it's about that yeah Yeah, she's 21 by this time and then i think she's 18 by that time Okay. Yeah, because she's just about to go into college, right? College. She gets like accepted to a academy and stuff. Yeah, so she would be just about out of high school. And first off, I wanted to mention a little bit about how you've got like your. All right, if we're if we're cr- constructing a story, you've got your regular old narratives, right? And you've got a hero, you've got a villain, you got some sort of resolution. Usually, this happens in three acts. 
So think about like the Star Wars series. You've got Luke Skywalker is the main hero. You've got Darth Vader, although technically really it was General Tarkin who was in control of the Death Star who is the main villain of the series. And you've got the destruction of said Death Star as the resolution. But that's kind of not how it goes here. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. I, <laughs> for like a 40-year-old saga. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. 19 Was it 1976 or something? The first one, yeah. Yeah, jeez. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so interestingly, to me at least, Gone Home was not typical because you're not playing as the main character in the tale. Sam is kind of the one who plays out to be the hero of the story. You get mostly her story with regards to all of the It's revolving around journals. her more so than anything else definitely not katie mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. not the playable character you don't get jack basically about yeah. katie, which you would normally expect with a with any type of first person game yeah it's like it's your view you're learning what your story is and it's not right when in a few weeks back when we did spec ops it was the it was mainly yeah. about his tale right so and and his uh psychosis almost right but not the case here so it's clearly sam she's the one who's experiencing all this conflict and she has to overcome it. So she's got bullies at school. She's got weird friends. She's got her parents. She, uh, I don't know. I I feel bad for Danny, honestly. Yeah. He had he had Street Fighter, and she's <laughs> basically using from Street Fighter. Yeah. But then it kind of resolves. I guess yeah. There's near the end of the of the game. It's that story kind of comes back and resolves itself in a way. Mm. It's not just left open like oh, this guy is super annoying and weird. Which is what it starts off as. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was thinking kind of the same. I felt a little bit bad for him, but there are also these moments where he almost seemed a little stalkerish. That's what yeah. I was thinking at some points, too. Yeah. yeah. Just a little, a little too, hey, you want to go out and let's play some games? Hey, where have you been? Hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took it more of the, I don't know, it's weird that different uh, perspectives, but I took it more of that that she was more of a, re- uh, Sam was more of a, recl- a recluse mm. and more just like, kind of always at home and it was more of a reflection on that she was antisocial and then everyone was kind of like hey trying to contact her that's how i that's how i read it as interesting but i could totally see it as a stalker situation where he's just like very overbearing and and uh yeah yeah actually yeah i can see i can see both of those things yeah because maybe it's like the illusion of being stalked because they were like neighbors right yeah so it's like the illusion of like i can't get away from this person but he's just like wanting to hang out <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's interesting uh but yeah so sam is uh the one who really changes throughout the story she's the one who really grows katie you your playable character nothing happens to you you know when it you learn very little about yourself <laughs> the person who you are at the start of the game exact same person who you are at the end of the game yeah sam however through her audio journals throughout the the time that you were in europe that you that you discover that shows that she definitely evolved quite a bit um coming to understand who she is as a person and such so um yeah but yeah katie has nothing really to lose from this story so there's no real conflict there sam has plenty to lose as we learn later on katie doesn't have any sort of character arc sam certainly does have a character arc and you know i think that maybe there were some loose ways where you could see katie as a hero and that she wanted to of course figure out what happened to the family that's the reason why you're here in this game what you're playing you're trying to find out what happened to the family so in some ways there could be a a hero aspect there but um i think that's more drawing on the developers creating this need they knew they knew that they needed to draw on like the human need to 
solve mysteries. We can't like mm-hmm. let things just sit there and we don't know it. Like think about your notifications on your phone. There's oh, no yeah. way you're just gonna let those sit. Mm-hmm. They're bugging you at all times. Even when they're not notifications the there, you gotta check unknown. to see. It's yeah. it's terrible. So mm-hmm. yeah, so they definitely tapped into that. It's our driving factor for sure in the game. All right, so I think we're gonna take a short, short break, but we're gonna be back momentarily. Uh, We're going to be listening to more songs from the original soundtrack by Chris Remo. We're going to listen to uh, one of the songs, one of those Riot Girl songs that we mentioned earlier. So we're going to listen to a track by Bratmobile called Some Special. And uh, yeah, we're also going to have that giveaway later on. So make sure that you do not miss that. You're going to need to call in when I tell you to. So 949-824-5824 is the number you're going to want to call. It's 949-UCI-KUCI. You can also find us online, facebook.com slash lagliferadio and the Instagram at DJ double underscore Marmar. Do you guys want to plug your socials? I don't use mine. I don't use social media much anymore. But I, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm on just Twitter at Palette Swapped. I post when my show starts, and that's about it. But this guy, he has a lot more to. to post. Yeah, I. So I kept part of the name from my show because I used to do Crescendo. So my Twitter handle now is just Crescendo OC. So I still talk about like music, and I'm on this show every now and again. And I did the Hall of Fame show last week, so and I still talk about music and all that type of stuff a lot. So. Cool. Good follow. All I right. think. Yeah. I hope. Hit Please. him up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, all right. So. Are falling all over the place. I know. Too, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's like too scary. <laughs> just dropping promotions everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to get back into that great music just in a moment. Again, thank you so, so much for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmon the Midboss here with Alex Brandon. We are Palette. Not Palette. No. Hey, I don't know. We got that plug, that free plug. We got Palette. Hey, no, we are lag. <laughs> got my pals here, and we're talking about games. <laughs> Dang, the recovery. <laughs> so good. So good. Professional here. <laughs> Professional. We are lag radio. Thank you for listening. See you in a bit. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss here with Alex Brandon, and we are lag radio. Like radio. Got it right Definitely this time. not. We're not pals. We're not. No, <laughs> we're not just your like pal, radio. buddy. <laughs> uh, so we are. No one's gonna follow that up with that. I'm not your buddy, pal. Thank you. Okay, this is mm. okay. It swapped. Yeah, I was gonna say we're not <laughs> yeah, swapping yeah, yeah. pals over here, but <laughs> 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 bring it back around. <laughs> around. And the audience can hear the finger guns. So we are talking gone home this evening. We have gone over gone over the go all of the home. No, some of the home. <laughs> we have gone over It is a very uh, big home. Like you is. start out and you're like, Oh, this is only half the home. It's like, nah, that's like a a fifth of the home. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of secret passages and things. Rooms we'll get have to that. Rooms. Huge basement. Man, the yeah. basement's huge. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wish I had a big basement like that. In Oregon. To hide the body. I mean, uh, uh, to to play activities. Games, yeah. 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 For activities. To Man summon the devil. Key. I mean, <laughs> oh, we'll yeah, get into that. We'll get into that one. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about Sam. We're talking about the main character, Katie Greenbrier's sister. Uh, Sam is the hero of the game. Despite you not playing as her, she gets the most exposition. Well, quote unquote hero. She's the main character, I guess. She's say. the main character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. she's what the story revolves around. Yes. Yes, she is. Uh so it starts with Sam discussing her issues after they had moved back to Portland with their family. 
uh, as is shown in all of those audio logs that you find scattered throughout the house. Every time you pick up a certain item, it kind of triggers this audio journal that, that goes on. It's the only vocalized words that you hear. And, uh, yeah, it, it acts pretty well as a as a general story thing. It definitely, compared to, like, having to read all the different letters and stuff, it's mm-hmm. a nice change. So it helps break that up. But we learn that she has difficulties finding friends to begin with, especially once the word gets out that she lives in this, quote-unquote, psycho house. Uh, where that's, what, that's what the neighbors and all the kids at school call it. So. Yeah. And I'm sure that's because it was put in the news at some point that... Well, yeah, and it was person. frustrating that they never elaborated on that. It was exactly. just it was just called the psycho house. Uh, we'll get into the complaints and stuff later, but yeah, it was it was du- dubbed the psycho house, and and so that incl- that in- amplified, I guess, the more the bullying and, and name calling of of her, and made her feel more distant from people. Right. Yes, and so uh, we do find out that she has kind of a friend, at least. I mean, she used to be friends with this boy. His name is Daniel. And then, of course, they moved away from Portland, so they didn't really keep in contact. But once she comes back, uh, she feels like Daniel is a little bit of a weirdo. She kind of gets this impression that he's a little bit too close or wanting to be a little too close. She does use him, though, and this is one of the things we were talking about a little off air. She kind of uses him to borrow some video games from, but that's about it. And, yeah, I don't know how I totally felt about, like, I mean... I understand, like we were talking about, I understand where where Daniel was coming from and where yeah. Sam was coming from, too. Mm-hmm. Like, neither of them are really wrong, exactly. I guess. Exactly, yeah. And what yeah. their opinions were and stuff. Mm-hmm. Daniel probably came across as something that he wasn't looking to, to come across as, but then also Sam was using this dude just for, like, video games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of messed. Yeah. So. And she acknowledged that she didn't like me around him, but then was like, but he does have Street Fighter. So. <laughs> yeah. Street like, Fighter 2, like, we yeah. should clarify. Yeah. 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 Is it hyper fighting or is it. Uh, Might have been the turbo. hyper. Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Dude, there are like six. There's five, so many. Five versions Nintendo. of Street Fighter 2 it's out there. Disgusting. Yeah. That's awful. <laughs> they had to make money, man. Money grab. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the real development in the story, though, from this moment is when they introduce a character named Lonnie. Uh, do we remember what her full Yolanda? That was her name. Oh, her oh, full first name. Yes, yeah, 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 I believe I so. Yeah, her full first name. Yeah, there was some sort of like document later mm-hmm. on. I think that oh, had okay. her full name, or it was for the um from the school. Right. Do you remember her last name? O O. It wasn't O'Doyle. It was like oh, was something like that. Me though. Here. Yeah, that's a tough one. Eh. I'm gonna tap out. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Yeah, me neither. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can do a quick search, I guess. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So Lonnie is really the the spark. She's kind of like the catalyst for the story in a like way. Finally, she found a friend, someone she can relate to, and doesn't feel alone and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, originally Sam is kind of just Yolanda shocked. De Soto. De Soto. That's, that's what it was. Oh, okay. It wasn't an O, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Odules. Odules. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so Lottie, she doesn't find Sam to be this kind of freaky, weird, whatever person that lives in the psycho house. She actually kind of mentions that it's kind of cool. And so Lottie is the one who kind of starts to spend more time with Sam. And Sam, I think originally her, her feelings are like, really? Do you mm-hmm. want to spend time? Hmm. Uh, this girl's yeah, kind of so used to like everyone kind of putting her down and like, you'll find crumpled up notes of like people just like bait and switching and and like being mean to her and stuff so she's kind of expected people just always making fun of her so it's like hard to trust people at this point because she's uh been so 
beaten down by that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point, the crumpled notes. I remember the one from one of the schoolmates or whatever who mm-hmm. came across it originally just like, oh, yeah. Hey, you're new in town. What, I wanted to get to know you. What's, I want to have a question. How, are you just as psycho as everyone else? It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Had such high hopes. Uh, yeah, so Lonnie and Sam start spending some more time together. Though Lonnie does seem to have some issues going on of her own, maybe. She's kind of part of this friend group that seems to be very anti-establishment, have some antisocial tendencies, perhaps. And they are certainly into this riot girl, aggressive, punky sort well, of sound. And vandalizing and just kind of bad seed type of yeah. that you learn. Like that she's like getting written up at school and, and wearing shirts and stuff that are just like kind of portrays her as as uh, rebellious, I guess is the right term. Yeah. Every rebellious punk character in a 90s movie, that's <laughs> pretty much Lonnie. Pretty much. It's interesting to me. I didn't think about this until now, but she also, you learn later on, that she is part of uh, ROTC. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that yes. seems kind of not jiving so well with this like mm-hmm. anti-establishment Yeah, it's punky the, thing. It, the weird contrast. I can't remember if they... I think there's one journal entry that kind of talks about that, but I don't know if they ever elaborate on that. I want to say like her dad was in the military or something that's right. along those lines. Thing. So yes. yeah, she kind of did it off of that. But it still is kind of interesting that <laughs> she's like yeah. anti-establishment. But it, it does. There's a journal entry that goes into that kind of where it's, she's like, mm-hmm. I don't get, I don't get Lonnie. She's like does all this stuff and and like is very against the grain. But then will follow orders and stuff in ROTC and wants to join the army. It's just like very confusing for Sam. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Interesting, actually, another important note. We were talking about these audio journals. Some of these audio journals you might never hear, depending on how mm-hmm. you play the exactly, game. So yeah. there were some some of them that I missed. I think I missed maybe two of them. Um, did you guys get all of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I all think I did. Well, of them. yeah, well, there's a 24th one. Oh. Should I say In the it console now? only version. Maybe. Oh, it actually might be. So, yeah, I mean, if you guys oh, played shoot. on PC. So there's... Okay, so in her room, in uh, Sam's room, there's like a little basketball hoop on the back of her door. Uh-huh. Mm. So uh, I remember reading on the trophy guide, like, oh, eventually you're going to come back and be able to interact with it. And that's like the secret journal. And I was like, okay, well, Shoot, I'll, let me figure that out. So in the garage, if you look all the way up on one of the rafters, there's a purple like little mini basketball. You have to grab a like a soda can or something and knock it off and then get the ball, bring it all the way up wow. to her room, and then you, the prompt says dunk. So you, like, put <laughs> the ball in there. and <laughs> You guys should watch the video, but it, like, scared the crap out of me. The room goes dark, the TVs come on, and there's, like, oh. cats all over it. So it's like her cat's journal. You know what I'm saying? What the heck? Yeah, so it's like the cat made a journal. So, like, cats pop up on the TV, and you're, like, hearing what? meows everywhere, like... This sounds gotta, made up, gotta, but it is not made up at I gotta all. I got to see yeah. if this, like, I, that doesn't seem like that would be taking, I don't know, that wouldn't yeah. be in the PC version, but right. I didn't know of a 24th entry. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? Yep. It was so it was, odd. It was so weird. And then one of the commentaries that I did get around to doing uh, when you hit the basketball or whatever, Steve Gaynor is like, you found the Easter egg. And that's like all it is. <laughs> okay. So it doesn't pertain to the story really. But not not at all, no. It was just like a cool little thing. Wow. So 24 that's... journals. 24 yeah. journals. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, so Super there are weird. some of these you could definitely be skipping out on. You just don't know unless you really dig deeper. Or you talk so. to Brandon. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Mr. Trophy Guy over hey. here. Hey. <laughs> Finger guns. <laughs> <laughs> no, they heard him. <laughs> they heard him. Yeah, that's true. Don't have to call him out. So, yeah, so Lonnie and Sam starting to spend a lot of time together despite Lonnie kind of being a little bit of a bad egg perhaps. Um, I feel like it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of an escape for Sam because of the way that she's grown up. So it's kind of like 
I don't know, someone appreciates her and she also is kind of like, like, Oh, this is something I'm not used to. So mm-hmm. it's intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Feelings, not just regular friend feelings though. Mm-hmm. That's what starts to come up. We start to have this, uh, from of course, Sam's perspective, we start to have these, uh, hints that Lonnie's probably not just wanting to be friends. Like, they have a sleepover at some point. I think it's after a concert that they go to and they're sleeping like next to each other. And in the darkness, like she can see the light shining from Lonnie's eyes. She yeah. was staring right at her. It's not the sort of thing. Either you're <laughs> either she's as creepy as Daniel was yeah, probably being made out to be earlier. Maybe she sleeps with oh. her eyes open. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> horror game. Then, it is yeah, a horror I was game. Say, <laughs> then it starts to going to the horror direction. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so these feelings definitely start to become more and more prominent as we go on through some of these audio journals. And uh, they drift off to sleep after after staring at each other's eyes in the darkness. But I forget exactly how the story goes to the point where it eventually leads builds up to them going out. They share a kiss, right? I, I think it so. starts like with their, she's kind of like, like I like you and and I like hanging around with you and it kind of just slowly develops and then they end up holding hands I think first I, mean, I can't remember I um, think at the concert right or no they, they they hug and then after that like yeah yeah she kind of like realized okay that's that wasn't just like a friendly hug it was like you're enjoying yourself and I enjoy you being around me and then after after the hug then later on I think that's when they kiss and then and then they kind of like yeah this is a relationship now mm. okay uh yeah, at that point it feels just like you can tell from from Sam's perspective this is probably either her first relationship or or I don't know. Well, at 18, she seems very young by the way that she's describing it. She's very exuberant and so Yeah, it definitely seems like her wow. first relationship. Yeah, but it's also probably a big deal because we don't know if she's ever had any relationships with an with another girl before. So this might be her kind of coming out and and realizing this really in full. Yeah, it's hard to tell if it's a coming out story or a first relationship story. I think it's both. Yeah, could could potentially be both. It's it's the feeling of like, like uh, like I don't know. Yeah. Well, we do do learn through some of the writings from Sam. She she wanted to be a writer. Uh, we could mm-hmm. tell from just like when she's a kid, she's making these stories up about a pirate captain, right, mm-hmm. and the first mate. And, uh, Captain Alleg- Allegra. Allegra, that's her name. Yes, Captain Allegra in the first mate. D- doesn't have a name, just first mate. And I remember one of the stories was really important because Allegra is going to save the first mate from someone, some evil doer, some sort of villain person, and uh, isn't able to save the first mate, and they get thrown into a pit. He does, I should say, the first mate. He he gets thrown into this pit or something. Um and I guess that something was in there that transformed him and he became a she. Mm-hmm. And so the Captain Allegra says something to the effect of, I don't care if you're a he or a she, you're the person that I love or something. I'm going to save you. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah. I, and I took that interest, I took that as, as kind of a, like a retconning kind of thing. <laughs> like a retconning. Like it immediately mm-hmm. like, I don't know if she planned on this. Like it seemed like a, like a, I don't know. It was weird to me to see that. Like it was, it was like, I don't know how, I have to look at the dates again on the stories, but um, like if it was when she was discovering that in herself and was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to change this character in like, so it's more relatable to me. 
I don't know if it was again. I don't know if it was planned that way that she did, but it to me it struck me as like a retcon kind of like I gotta I gotta fix the situation so it works with the <clears throat> with my with how, what I'm feeling at the moment. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I didn't think about the the word retcon. I mean, it just sounds like so yeah. that's something that's so like in comics and stuff that we frown upon typically, right? Because it means yeah. all the story that we've been build, building up has kind of just been destroyed and we don't we don't think about it anymore but uh yeah i retro, guess is it retro connected is that what it stands retroactive for? continuity oh yeah, okay. that's what it is yeah that makes more sense yes. then. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that's that was kind of a sign that that her feelings were starting to go in a different direction uh, as opposed to your normal heterosexual uh feelings i suppose so yeah so they start dating and it all really comes to head i think when they start discussing their plans for the future Mm. So Sam is, we learn through different pamphlets and things that we see, she gets accepted to this really sweet academy for art, for creative writing specifically. Mm -hmm. And uh, she really wanted to become a writer like we talked about. She wanted to become just like her dad, but probably better. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Like the, again, like the Captain Captain Spirit thing on the episode we were talking about, how you can see like the things about the parents kind of manifesting in their kids and I don't mm-hmm. know, just kind of relating in a way like it's not, it's, it's different kinds of writing, but it's still like something that she's very good at and probably got picked up from her dad. Right. right. And it's weird that she like relating it back to Lonnie cause Lonnie's doing ROTC as a family uh-huh. thing. And then she's trying to do that's true. writing like, Hey, my dad's a writer and I'm pretty good at this. So it's weird that she doesn't understand at least at first Lonnie's point of view. In yeah, terms of like how to do that, that, but yeah, that's true. So we re- we find out that Sam has been accepted to this academy, and she reveals it to Lonnie. And Lonnie's response, instead of being so excited and 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 happy for for Sam to be accepted, it's more like, well, um, yeah, uh, us spending time together. I'm I'm going to boot camp. I'm going to training camp. There's a reason I've been in ROTC all this time. Like this has just been my path. I'm going to be in in the armed forces. And Sam didn't see that coming. I don't think she just didn't connect point, no. the dots. It, yeah, I was gonna say she probably knew, but just it was like, like her first crush, her first relationship, just completely ignored all that stuff. It's like the here and the now is important, and I'm not even gonna think about the future. And then it kind of comes up when she's 18, and and this is their kind of paths are separating at this point. Yeah, so it puts it's definitely or immediately. Is it? dun, dun, dun. Oh, now for some music. getting ahead. <laughs> Cut to the music. Um, yeah, no, that this is something that puts a strain on the relationship immediately because it's them seeing that, yes, we're having all this great time together, but there's this end point. There's this absolutely firm end point where we're just not going to be able to, to spend time anymore. And so it's it's kind of sad. Like it's a bittersweet feeling kind of where you where you see this as something that probably could last for much longer, but you're forced to end it. And it's just a necessary thing, people going in different directions. So uh, they still try and enjoy their This is why you don't get in a relationship uh, in high school. Because more than likely, you're going in different directions, going to different colleges, and that's going to suck. Even potentially college, too. Like, you could get a job in some other town or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's tough. I I had that. I had a relationship with someone, uh, and that whole thing where it's like, okay, we're never going to end up crossing crossing paths. It's just very stressful. Yeah. That's like the time in everyone's life when everything is changing the most. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's like, do I change my life to like line up with theirs or do they change their life to line up with mine? It's really unfair to both people. So yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. And I've it's, known people who have done that and where they've like, oh, I'll go to this school because you're going to that school. Uh-huh. And it's like, 
sometimes yeah. it doesn't work out and yeah it's yeah, just it's way too much adolescence man adolescence mm-hmm. good times are we are we lag love radio now hey. yeah this is yeah. this is love line that's what that all stands for <laughs> lag line <laughs> love and lag games <laughs> love and games, love and games. Aww, love and games. there so we go <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, they're still trying to enjoy their time together. It's just not ever going to be the same now that they've got this end date. So uh, I think that it's important to note around at this point, this is when Sam and Katie's parents start to realize that Sam's not just friends with Lonnie. There's more mm. going on there. And they are not uh, a very approving of Lonnie for a few reasons. I mean, besides the fact that Lonnie has all of these issues going on at school being this bad yeah. sort but also I think that that maybe that Christian slant also lended itself to be and a, this is in the mid 90s yeah. Yeah. yeah as opposed to the 2000s now. 2010s yeah yeah and they're probably stressed out with their you know their life and and you know we'll learn about the dad and stuff later but um yeah yeah so it, it's it's not very approved of by the parents and that's not gonna help the relationship between Sam and Lonnie at all it's just gonna yeah cause even more of a strain so their last night together Sam and Lonnie's last night together happens to be on the last weekend Mm -hmm. that well the weekend that we've been talking about basically the weekend of June 2nd to the 6th I think yeah, I that's think that's when the uh, the parents go on their retreat, mm-hmm. yes. and it lines up perfectly. It's like, okay, I get the house all my or all to ourselves. Yep. So let's just have the best week ever, and that's where it kind of. And I, a correction from earlier, I said that this happens on June sixth. It's actually one. I think it's one o seven a.m. on June seventh. That, that Katie comes home. Uh, so it's like the, right after June sixth. So. I don't know if it's, yeah, I don't know if that means the parents are still gone or if they had come back. I think that's up to your interpretation. But by this time you're home, yeah. Well, if they had come back, where would they be? Like, we, they weren't in the house. That's Well, they could be, well, I won't get into it. Okay. It goes, that goes into what, what, what happens. Or, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so. I don't want to say anything. They spend a weekend together, Lonnie and Sam. This is going to be their last time together while the parents are gone. So they spend it we presume probably everywhere in the house where they ever want to. That's maybe that's the reason why the TVs were on just kind of left. I don't know, but we do find out that they spend time, especially in the attic, which is their special place. And that's where they, uh, we also could, I think there's actually a journal for that moment where it implies that the two of them had sex, Mm. but it's a moment where you see the journal, like Katie sees the journal and then she quickly like, puts it away because she doesn't want to read it it doesn't it doesn't have her voice it doesn't have sam's voice it's just like a piece of paper and like a, a restroom oh, where is it it's the, the house is so big yeah it's kind of like one of the basement i don't know there's a luckily there's a map so it shows you what each location is like the kitchen and stuff like that but i don't remember where it was but it was in a, a bathroom somewhere mm-hmm. um like a yeah like right near the right near a basement but she uh yeah, she, you start reading it and it gets kind of detailed and you're just like, okay, no. Yep, no, nah, I don't want to hear you about and you cannot, you can't look at the note ever again in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. It's like, nope, not going to read it. Mm-hmm. So they that's, again, that, adding yeah. to like the flavor text of the stuff, like like other parts where she goes into Sam's room and it's like the, the stegosaurus thing. It's like, 
It's like, oh, that's Steggy or Stella. And then you pick it up and you can look at the name tag and you put it back. And you can see it says it's Stella or it's Steggy. I think it's Steggy. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So it's just like these little like flavor texts again. It's like rather than just literal like oh a cup or whatever. It's like there's emotion to certain items here and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like when you go through and and hover over like certain magazines or whatever and she makes a comment or like you open up the parents drawer and there's a condom and it's like Ew. that was funny oh yeah <laughs> just like little things like that it's really cool but anyway going back to that journal entry it's yeah they they definitely gotten uh done done stuff uh especially in that last week i'm sure just mm. the height of emotion and not seeing each other ever again right definitely and so when sam and lonnie spend that night together they uh spend it in the attic and when the morning comes lonnie has disappeared and heartbroken sam then i think wakes up to find there's some messages on the uh message machine actually Mm -hmm. downstairs and they both happen to be from lonnie and lonnie has said that she just she was on the bus to the training camp and she just couldn't stay on it she had to stop she had to get off the bus because she can't go without without seeing sam for however long she she can't just divert their paths so instead she says sam let's just get in a car let's just drive away from here let's just make our own out in the world and do what we can and figure out you know where you know your parents are not going to interrupt us and our relationship where other people aren't going to force us apart again this is mid-90s you know, and so that is truly the the truth of the tale of Gone Home. The main the main story, I suppose, it, the most prominent one is that Sam had left home for good at this point. She had decided to do so to go and strike it out alongside Lonnie, and the two of them, um, yeah, left the house abandoned with no with no parents there. So there wasn't any sort of horror element going on with Mm-mm. this part this part of the story. I did yeah. the, when the last like final where it says the title at the end of the game where it says gone home. I was like, Oh, Sam's the one who went home. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not you coming home. It's like, Oh, Sam went home. I was like, oh, oh, I didn't a... get that. And then I was like, all right, I need to get all the trophies now. <laughs> <laughs> this is a game after all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a game. So, yeah. So that does it for Sam's story. And the whole game. <laughs> and, and the whole game at that point, but we still have to talk about Terry. So that one I think is the more important one to get to. So we're going to cut, very briefly to some music we're going to listen to the last song off of the original soundtrack i'll see you again and of course that's words uh from katie to or uh, from sam to katie in the last journal entry she says i'll see you again one day and uh then we'll listen to that song by the bratmobile called some special the riot girl sort of sound and then we'll get into some chiptune stuff so that we can start closing down the program while we talk more about the story of course and game so if you want to call in 949-824-5824 is the number 949-UCI-KUCI facebook.com slash lag life radio not lag love radio <laughs> maybe one day mm. uh, <laughs> lag life radio and love then and also games. love and games <laughs> love and peace you guys remember that right from Trigun no I didn't see Trigun oh you're killing me oh man oh man Sorry. The, the main guy like Vash he was just like love and peace <laughs> anyways <laughs> You guys would know. Hey, Instagram yeah, is nerd. at DJ double underscore Marmar. Again, thank you so, so much for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss. We are here with Alex and Brandon in Like Radio.
Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss here with Alex Brandon. We are Lag Radio. Just got done listening to three wonderful tracks. We listened to the final song by Chris Remo off of the original soundtrack to Gone Home. We listened to I'll See You Again. Very After good soundtrack. One, I wish it was uh, longer, though. The songs, oh, sure, the songs yeah. like yeah. owe themselves to be like very long ambient songs. They're only like a minute long or two mm-hmm. minutes long at most. Yeah, yeah. But very good work from uh, Chris Remo. Yes. And then uh, after Romo? that one, sorry, Remo, Remo, sorry. Yes, and then after that one, we listened to a chiptune track by Game Genie Sokolov, released originally. It was called Rev Zone. It was the classic Mistake remix off of Cheap Beats. Uh, Snuck its way in there. Recent release, actually, Cheap Beats X Cheap Beats Volume Two, and uh, yeah, snuck itself in there. And then after that, we listened to that Riot Girl sort of style song by Bratmobile. The song was called Some Special. It comes off of the album Potty Mouth. And that all was right. the only song you said that uh, was not Potty Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, interestingly. Yeah. <laughs> of all the other songs, yeah, they all have pretty bad language on there. So, yes, this one was clean, luckily. All right, so we've talked about Sam now, who is the main story portion. We've talked about Janice, but let's talk about Terrence, who I think was really the highlight for me, talking about it, or I think for all of us. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was definitely the most interesting, at least. Right. So with Terry or Terrence Greenbrier, we learned from his typewriter inside of his uh, inside of his office that, and especially if you look at the paper itself, which is really cool to me, how it starts off kind of one way yeah. and then it slowly deteriorates mm-hmm. and there's like bad grammar and typos and stuff on it. He is a struggling sci-fi writer author. So he has written a couple of less than stellar hits at this point. He written one that's called The Accidental Soldier, I think, or Accidental For, uh, Pariah? Savior? Pariah? Accidental Pariah and Accidental Savior. Savior. Yeah, yeah those mm-hmm. are the two. And they both were kind of pretty not so well received. So he, uh, after all of that, I think he had found that he needed to get money coming in somehow, and so he started writing these reviews for electronics magazines. Uh, he would like take a he would be sent a VHS or something and he was supposed to be writing reviews and even those were kind of crappy based on mm-hmm. what some feedback he was getting from his editor on he was saying hey what are you doing like with all these non sequiturs and stuff like I shouldn't be editing as much as I have to on your pieces why don't you look back at some of your yeah, other Terry reviews? gets a lot of grief in this game yeah he does he does and you learn that he's also turned to alcoholism for support you find that there's a didn't even think about that but yeah yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. There's a bottle of whiskey on top of the bookcase in his in his study. That was study. one of the first like things or whatever that was I found there? in the game. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't notice that. Yes, I saw yes. the whiskey in like the kind of lounge area, but yep. Yeah, it's in multiple places. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, most certainly. Uh, there's also a pornography magazine found <laughs> underneath uh, some extra copies of his book. I thought so. A quick thing about that. So when you find it in, I think for him it's like in that uh, where the record player is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you find it, and then the little flavored text that Katie says is, oh, "Really, Dad? <laughs> oh, yeah, when yeah, you go right. into Sam's locker in her room, she has a porno mag also." Right. And Katie says, oh, "Really, Sam?" Yeah. <laughs> like she says the exact same thing to both of them. I love it. That's yeah. great. I didn't realize it was the same. <laughs> yeah. So he uh, is kind of struggling to make make some money here and to do what he likes to do, which he's apparently not that good at, which is really unfortunate. And there's also this really powerful letter from his father, Richard Greenbier, who really nails home how uh, he doesn't care for Terry's writing either. He says, you know, thanks for, for well, doing you what you see doing. where he gets a lot of his, like, um, <clears throat> I don't know what the right word is, but a lot of, a lot of, I guess his, uh, 
self not self hatred something what's what's self deprecating yeah like very um self low self esteem low self esteem yeah you see where he gets his low self esteem from and and just kind of lashes out and stuff and his frustration because you f- you find that red- that letter man I can't talk today <laughs> you find that letter from his dad that's criticizing him for his writing so you you can tell like oh, he's gr- grown up with that and so he's just always like trying to strive for perfection just to to get this uh, the um approval of his father mm-hmm. right really the four the four words you can do better <sighs> which is written hurts. on the yeah on his office yeah. you can see the first one of the first things you see at least in my playthrough yeah, yeah they're yeah I, I originally thought that it was uh terry writing that to himself like you can do better right but then as i like kind of looked into it more i was like oh yeah that sucks <laughs> that's, yeah. A, that's awful yeah it well hurts. he didn't write it to himself Terry, no, because that's what his dad told him. Right? Those were the words from his dad. But yeah, he wrote them on the post notes. Exactly. Oh, okay. Terry okay. Wrote them yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you meant like his dad wrote those <laughs> yeah, post notes. Because oh. at first I thought it was just like a motivational like yeah. phase no, or yeah, phrase you, or whatever. That's yeah, true. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you definitely notice that, but then you can see like these little. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the most important part of it all, though, is what comes to me from rather unexpected source later on when you're really really digging into like the basement areas and stuff of the house. There's evidence that there was some abuse going on in the household. Uh, this manor here that you find yourself in, Terry was given in a will from his uncle Mason, and that's where Terry grew up. So the owner of the mansion here, Uncle Mason, uh, apparently, from what you find so wait, inside of Uncle a, Mason is Katie's uncle. No, I no, believe it's Terry's, it's Terry's uncle. Terry's uncle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so it would have been Terry's parents' sibling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So his brother. No, Ter- not Terry's brother. It'd be Richard's brother. Richard's brother. Probably. Richard is, yeah. Okay. Or or the mother of Terry. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Brother, yeah. Either way, so actually. Yeah, because the letter that we see from Uncle Mason is to the sister, right? His sister, he writes a letter. Oh, the... you could be right about that, yeah. So yeah, it yeah. must be Terry's mom, mm-hmm. I would assume. Yeah, because the letter is is from Uncle Mason saying, hey, I'm sorry for my transgressions. I hope you, uh, I hope that you can forgive me right. in some way. It's a letter that's eventually, you find out, is returned to sender. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it definitely was not wanted. But you start to kind of wonder, what is it that... Mason would have done in that in that locked safe along with this letter though you find a number of syringes and morphine bottles amidst other sorts of drug paraphernalia and uh yeah something was going on with this guy he mm-hmm. must have been a drug addict I think he also ran a pharmacy if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. right yes yeah and at some point he sold the pharmacy so we can probably assume he sold it because I don't know he was using all the drugs he was selling or something yeah. and needed to try and stop but one of the, the biggest finds, though, there's a pitch black room down the hallway, deep, deep within the manor by the safe that you find. And in that pitch black room, the light does not turn on. You have to hunt it around uh, for it. There's a couple of things. I think there's a scrap of paper, some sort of memo from someone, perhaps some newspaper clipping. But the other item is a child's toy. It's a wooden horse. And I think that this is kind of the... Sp- I, I don't know if I'd say smoking gun, but the thing that really drives home what was going on here, and that was that Terry was probably abused by uh, his uncle Mason, who was a drug addict, and that's where Terry is kind of struggling with things now. He's still traumatized by it, I think. You see that the year 1963 is a big deal. 1963. Mm-hmm. 1963, it's the number that 
grants you access into this safe. It's the year that they stopped uh, tracking Terry's height on like this post or I guess the side of the wall. Mm-hmm. As you tend to do for kids, right? You track track their height through their At groups. least in the 90s. I don't know mm-hmm. if they do that anymore. <laughs> when you own your own home also. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah, true. yeah. Not having it in an apartment. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is a big deal. The books that Terry writes, The Assassination of JFK, 1963. It's no coincidence, I think, that Terry happens to be stuck on this year. Probably something happened to him with Uncle Mason in 1963. And Real so he's, quickly, yeah. what does the wooden horse have to do? Like, what, what was the smoking gun about that? Or like, what made you think, like... Well, why would the toy be in this pitch black room filled with firewood and stuff? I would think that Mason oh, okay. probably took it from... I didn't see anything. If it's pitch black, how do you know that there was firewood? Uh, if you turn on the lights, like how there's that option we were talking about before, oh. how you can turn on all the lights in the house. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that it. modifier thing at the beginning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's, I how, see. that's how it does it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, why else would it be in this locked room? I think yeah. probably Terry was was locked in the room along mm-hmm. with the toy too or it was or it was taken from him yeah could be either one of those things so yeah terry's in a, in a pretty bad place when it comes to alcoholism and trauma abuse and his relationship with his wife luckily though we do have hopefully a, a happy-ish ending because mm-hmm. we do find out that terry's been reached out to by a publisher of obscure sci-fi novels who finds that terry's books are worth reprinting and so he agrees to reprinting the two. And Terry even says, hey, would you be interested in maybe a third novel, the end of the trilogy, you know, close it out? And so Terry does begin work on his final time-traveling tale. And I love this because of the tagline in it. And the main yeah. character in it, he asks the this time-traveler who comes through this portal, he asks, oh, is the president in danger again? Referring to JFK. And the guy that comes out of the portal says, no, the life you save this time is your own. Ooh. And <laughs> you, so that's you find this cover letter in the uh in the greenhouse. I remember this too. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's Terry. Terry is Terry's finally getting to save his own life because he's he's overcoming that trauma from nineteen sixty three and that terrible terrible man, Uncle Mason, who's really probably the true villain of the story, mm-hmm. if we want to consider a villain. So that's and what Sam and Sam and Sam and Lonnie tried to resurrect him. Yeah, that's that true. So, <laughs> maybe oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you go into this this room and there's this like Sam pentagram, <laughs> satanic circle with like a photo of Uncle Mason and mm-hmm. some candles and things. It's creepy. Yeah, it was real creepy. creepy and that's where the attic key is, so you like have to see it. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, yeah that's you right. have to go in that's there. That's right. And standing. then I think somewhere else in the game, I don't rem- remember exactly where it is, but they make reference to like, oh, and then we busted out the Ouija board and yeah. like tried to talk to Uncle Mason also. Yeah, so they yeah. were like definitely trying to to do some some stuff <laughs> and, yeah you find the ouija board too you do yes. yeah yeah mm-hmm. all right so we're going to take a quick quick break listen to a one short song and then we're going to finish up with our thoughts talk about really quickly the gameplay and the and uh yeah what our our gripes were and our and our praises i suppose so want to call in right now 949-824-5824 949-UCI-KUCI call in now and you will win the giveaway for gone home sweet sweet gone home merch you can win a button set you could win a mug of your choosing or you could win a title print of the art for gone home 949 uci kuci again thank you so much for listening to kuci 88.9 fm in irvine this is marmar the mid boss here with alex brandon and we are lag radio 
Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmon the Midboss here with Alex Brandon. We are Lag Radio, and we just got done listening to one track by Mr. Spastic originally. It's called Emotional Content Balloon Bear Remix. It's off of the Cheap Beats X Cheap Beats Volume 2 release. It's totally free on Bandcamp if you want to check that out. All right, we are wrapping up the show. We only have a little bit of time left, so let's quickly go over what we thought of the game. Go for it. I, I'm starting? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Um, I There were some parts I liked about it and some parts I didn't, and I think we kind of went over a little bit. Um, I What I really appreciated was the whole um, time that it was set in, which was in the mid-'90s, and it was I think that that added a lot to it for me because I did grow up uh, through the-'90s as a kid and, I guess, teen a little bit. Um, so a, a lot of the throwbacks to the stuff that was in the refrigerator, the packaging and everything, the kind of simple design, stuff like that, um, using calendars and and um, like everything was kind of analog, I guess you could say. I don't know if using a pencil counts as analog, All right? <laughs> but yeah, you would you know write letters to people, and there wasn't any email. Pagers was the the highest like I don't know technology uh, consumer use technology at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciated all that. Um, I, I, like I mentioned, the story or not the story, but the um, the setting and how it it kind of played with you with your kind of like the creepiness but it wasn't intentional right. it was kind of all in your mind i really mm-hmm. like that um what i didn't appreciate was again just this like the story was just centered around it it was kind of like a like a young adult teen novel right done yeah. as a game and i wish mm-hmm. it was more kind of around the entire family it it was but it was way more centered like the whole like centerpiece was sam and her story and i feel right. like if it expanded more on just the entire family and you were coming into this like house you know being obviously a daughter but you as the player learning about this family and kind of each had its own importance and um i don't know it was it was just kind of that kind of fell flat to me personally um but uh and also this is a minor gripe but i think that even though the soundtrack was amazing by Mm -hmm. chris chris remo Mm -hmm. i think that if it were done in using synthesizers from the 90s to oh, sure. add to oh, the setting yeah. of it, I think that it would have been kind of perfect. Sure. Uh, the setting. Because that was the only thing that, again, while it was very good, it was it kind of detracted from the kind of... I the aesthetic. Know. Yeah, if it was just yeah. the same soundtrack, same melodies and everything, but just more on like uh, FM synthesis and like Yamahas and stuff like that, I think it would have added a little bit, I don't know. The Stranger Things sort of deal. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that would have been good. But that's just a really dumb nitpick, I think. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, the main thing that comes up is that the game was pretty short. But I understand oh, I it's have like another, a, another thing to add to. But yeah. yeah. So it's like, I mean, it was like a ragtag group of like four developers or whatever. So I can't expect like some 40-hour epic game. But uh, I and then right after finishing the game me going now i need to 100 percent the game which i rarely do kind of to me was like i like the game but i just want more to be there mm-hmm. yeah and i guess the other thing that could be better about it is like we've been talking about different moments like uh chris was talking or marmar was talking about <laughs> the uh the wooden horse and then i think we were talking off mic about the uh the crucifix like when you pick it up and the room goes dark those are two things I didn't even come across at all. Yeah. So I feel like the game should have had something where you don't even trigger the ending until you've found like a certain amount of things. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, would ruin speed running, but for story purposes would kind of make it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. 
but I did like the game. Uh, it was really, really interesting. First type of like walking simulator I've ever played. So I think it was a, I think it was a good one to start with. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say other minor thing I totally forgot to mention was just that I'm not going to say it on the air cause we can't, but the price of it, I think it's very much, if you didn't get it on sale, it's mm. very much disproportionate, I think to the game. Um, I think it would have been better as like a single digit price. (laughs) Okay. Again, I'm not going to say the price is on the air, but yeah, that, and then it also seemed to get a lot of like game of the year awards and all this stuff from Polygon. I think it won Polygon. There's a ton of different ones that give like 10 out of 10 and, and nine out of 10. And it's like, I don't really think it was that, that worthy. It was very overrated. I think Mm -hmm. it's a good game, but I just think it was for some reason it was just strangely like it was, it was, yeah. A lot of the marketing and a lot the other like kind of outside part of it was different. Yeah. But what we have a couple minutes for your opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. No, I'm I'm gonna touch on basically kind of whatever whatever both of you were saying. The atmosphere, the setting, I love that a lot. I liked how originally it felt like this horror thing, and mm-hmm. even though I went into it knowing that there weren't going to be any villain enemy ghosts jumping out of me, there were still those moments like the crucifix thing and also uh, I the. Agree, yeah. The the Pentagon thing or Pentagram Pentagon Pentagram also scary <laughs> if you think about it <laughs> oh, the government yeah still scary <laughs> uh, that they still creeped me out I still had these spine tingling moments mm-hmm. so I really enjoyed that mm-hmm. um, I also agree that it felt young adult e and I my thought at the end of it was okay so they ran away that's great what are we teaching the story wise like you should run away from your problems yeah, yeah what's the lesson <laughs> I agree because it's like they both had their own directions and it's like usually that doesn't that's why it felt really young adult novel to me because yeah. it was like let's just go with our emotions and just go off and do that it's like well we'll see how long that lasts <laughs> about job and yeah i wouldn't and give also this, uh... the fact that she i'm sorry i'm cutting in too good. much the um the fact that she somehow deflected from the army like once you're going to boot camp like that that's seems like, a, too, like yeah. you, i don't think you can do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're on the list now yeah, yeah like like that's yeah you you went the big time kind of uh rebel there so yeah i yeah that's that's definitely a, a big gripe of mine i think some that, loose uh, ends but it was probably getting all of those best it was enjoyable i'd say it was it was good it wasn't it wasn't incredible but right. it was it was uh it was fun especially mm-hmm. if you grew up in the 90s i think sure sure uh the best uh best awards and all that that it was getting i'm sure that it had something to do with the fact that it was focused on a on a homosexual relationship which is rare for video games it's true that's fair and yeah, yeah it, and it should be should be covered in in full with that i think with the with the way that they handled the storytelling i was pretty cool with the like i mentioned earlier the no exposition sort of thing you just have to dig into it yourself but i definitely yeah, wanted to have that from, from yeah, yeah, just yeah. exploring but the threshold thing that you mentioned brandon i think yeah. that would have been good so that everyone kind of has at least that baseline of mm-hmm. okay this is part of the story and i'm not missing out on some really important parts i think that that add a lot to it so all right so thank you so much everyone for listening to kuci 88.9 fm in irvine this has been like radio talking about gone home this week again don't forget to check out our facebook.com slash lag life radio social media place you can also check out our instagram at dj double underscore marmar is for me we do weekly giveaways next week, as I already announced just yesterday, Earthbound. Earthbound is coming next week. There might be some change to the schedule depending on whether or not I'm able to work through it all. It might be a two-parter. I, I would really hope so because there's so much good music in that and stuff to talk about that I think uh, since we have <laughs> we had to fit all of Gone Home in this and that was a much shorter game, yeah, yeah. we'll see what we do with the RPGs on this uh, 
on this show. So stay tuned. Look forward to that next week. <laughs> Engage with us online. I'm going to be posting much, much more often. So look forward to that one too. And of course, again, we'll have another giveaway or two for uh, Earthbound. So thank you again so much. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you oh, for having sure. me. Thank you. All right. We will see you in the future. Thank you see again. You next week. See you next week for Lag Radio.